Hello, and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1,956. The topic is training, and the title is, Does Running Cause Muscle Loss? Ooh. (laughs) I had someone reach out recently, and they asked that question. They wanted to start working together, but they were kind of unsure if... I could help them with what they wanted. And what that means is they're a runner by nature. They used to do cross country in college. They 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 do lift weights, but it's not their kind of like passion. They do it because they believe it's good for them, but they enjoy running because it's their kind of mental time. It's their me time. It's how they kind of restore their mental and emotional health. However, it hasn't been working for them lately uh, because they feel... Uh, kind of like skinny fat. They, they, they're not seeing good muscle definition. They don't feel like they look as um, like fit as they believe their habits should show. Now, they're wanting to improve that. They want to get leaner. They want to have more muscle definition. They do want to improve uh, in their running times. They understand lifting weights is helpful but they don't want to be, you know, like a powerlifter or a bodybuilder. So she had reached out because I had worked with a friend of hers who's very happy. Uh, and the friend was telling her, don't worry, he won't turn you into a bodybuilder. <laughs> so that was like a big fear of hers is that I was going to, you know, tell her to stop all running and lift weights. Um, so it brought up a discussion we had to where she was fearful that her running was causing her to lose muscle mass. This actually coincided with uh, this in the same week. I had a like a friendship conversation with someone, and they were running, and they said that they had heard of or like there was a discussion of whether running would cause muscle loss, and they were giving me their reasons as to why they don't think that's true. And I thought it would be a fun idea to make the podcast to help the the now current client and to share with anyone else who might be wondering about this question. So does running cause muscle loss? The answer is no, but sometimes yes. (laughs) And uh, I always, I laugh because in the podcast, my goal is to explain everything as well as I can, to give a lot of perspectives to teach. And very often that leads to an answer of like maybe, or an answer of it depends. Very rarely are things clear like yes or clear no, like black and white type stuff. And I understand that it can be frustrating at times, uh, but I'm a type of person who would rather know why is it yes, why is it no sometimes than somebody just tell me like, yeah, it's, it's true, but they actually know that sometimes it isn't. I don't want people to tell me that. I want to know like all the details. <laughs> so that's why I like doing this podcast. Why I've done 1,956 of these things is because I like discussing the details. Uh, So the answer again, uh, does running cause muscle loss? The answer is no, but sometimes yes. So when is it yes? Well, when running damage and stress exceeds nutritional support and your muscle repair and growth stimulus. So I'll go through and explain that here in a second. But it's a yes, meaning running can cause muscle loss if the stress of the running is greater than what you're providing the body to maintain muscle mass with. And that can be nutrition and a stimulus to retain muscle tissue. 
If you start running, and I'm just making up numbers for the ease of uh, ease of comprehension. Let's say you start running with 100 pounds of muscle mass. And running, and the running is causing you to be in a small caloric deficit. Well, that's going to cause the body then to, as you run, whenever we run, even if you have good mechanics, you're still causing stress to the body. You're still causing some muscular uh, damage. Some cells are going to be damaged, and there's going to be some small breakdown of muscle tissue. Well, if you're not in a caloric surplus, if you don't have enough protein, if you don't have a weight training stimulus to rebuild that tissue, the body sees the 100 pounds of muscle you have as stressful. So if it loses a little bit of muscle, and again, I'm just making up things to make it comprehend better. Yeah, say I go from 100 pounds of muscle to 90 pounds of muscle. Our body all of a sudden isn't in as much of a caloric deficit when it runs because muscle tissue requires calories to stay alive. So the body goes, well, this is great, actually. Like, it was more stressful for us to run at 100 pounds of muscle than it is at 90 pounds of muscle. So the body doesn't try to put back those 10 pounds. So you keep running again, and, you know, maybe you're running and getting a little better. So you go from two-mile runs to three-mile runs, then from three-mile runs to four-mile runs. All of a sudden, your muscle mass continues to get broken down, continues to get slightly damaged. Each time you go out and run, you drop down to 80 pounds of muscle mass. The body's going, this is great. That's even less calories that I have to worry about. I don't need that muscle. It's been coming off my body, but I can still run. I don't need the 100 pounds of muscle to just run. So it'll be happy at 80 pounds because you're reducing caloric demand. You're reducing running stress. And then there was no need for that 20 extra pounds of muscle anyhow. So without nutritional support, without a stimulus to promote muscle repair, your body will start to lose muscle tissue, but it's totally okay with it. Why would it care? You're giving it the stimulus of, I want to run, run, run. The body says, okay, great, whatever, whatever the hell makes running easier, let's do that. And muscle loss makes running easier. A good example of this is look at the average muscle mass of a marathon runner. They're not very jacked individuals. <laughs> there are some people who take a lot of uh, testosterone supplementation and they will have a significant amount of muscle tissue and still be able to run long distances. Uh, those are genetic freaks because even with drugs, that still takes an insane amount of work and dedication. Uh, so the drugs do not just automatically make that happen, but they make it possible. So they would have earned to have the muscle tissue and run the distance that they run, but they wouldn't be able to do it without the drug support. When you look at most long distance runners, and I mean 99.9%, .9%, they're very muscularly light, very muscularly uh, not amount <laughs> uh, individuals. So they're not going to be jacked people. They're not going to be bodybuilders. And that's because muscle tissue is strenuous. It's, it's a pain in the butt to move your body weight when you're heavier than you need to be. So as your muscle mass would break down, the body does not try to put it back on. So muscle mass can be lost via running if you're not intentional about trying to maintain it. Let's go through a client example. This is actually the client who's super happy that recommended the new client. <laughs> so she had been running for three to five miles on three to five days. And she said that combination allowed her with a variable schedule. She was getting around 15 miles a week of running. Occasionally when she had a good weekend, she would run longer. She might run 
10 miles, she might run half marathon, but she would go a little bit longer on a weekend, kind of have more of that me time. She weight trained twice a week. It was full body, kind of compound movements, but it wasn't, you know, bench press, squat, and deadlift. It was, uh, you know, like dumbbell walking lunges, some leg press, some overhead presses. It was things with weights that involved multiple muscles. So she didn't sit there and do bicep curls, which is great, so thank you. (laughs) But um, she would do some weights, but it wasn't super intense, wasn't super heavy. Nutrition-wise, she weighed 120 pounds when we first met. She said that she was consuming about 1,400 to 1,600 calories a day with about 80 to 100 grams of protein. But she felt skinny fat, just like her friend. She felt skinny fat. She didn't see muscle definition, and she wasn't really making great progress in the gym or in her runs in the last, uh, before we had met, it was like the last 6 to 12 months, she had noticed really nothing was improving, and she had chronic foot problems. So she'd have a bone problem, a muscle problem, or something always wrong with her foot. So what was the problem? Like, why is this the case? She was, like, her running volume wasn't excessive. It was, it was a good amount. Like, running 15 miles a week is totally fine. That's normal, and plenty of people do more than that. She was weight training, which would, you think, keep the muscle tissue and the joints strong. And she was eating healthy. So what was the problem? The problem was, is that how she defined healthy, um, you know, might have been in food choices, but it actually wasn't appropriate. So it might have been quote unquote healthy, but it wasn't appropriate. Her calories were too low. The numbers that she reported that she was eating were actually very inconsistent and her timing was way off. So the calories, given a body weight of 120 pounds and her activity level, typically you would feed a person like that around body weight times 15 in calories. You would see how their body responds, and then you would adjust as you go. But that meant that she really needed to actually be between 1,600 to 2,000 calories, not at 1,400 to 1,600. So she was in that caloric deficit that we talked about. And then the numbers not being consistent, she actually wasn't even in that range. She was actually only over 1,400 about two times a week. Most often she was at around like 1,000 to 1,200 to 1,300, which is way too low. It's only 10 times body weight. Her protein, good God. (laughs) So protein was bad. Uh, She was having some days of only 40 grams of protein. 60 was kind of her norm. So when she said she ate around uh, like 80 to 100 grams, she didn't. Like, when we looked at the numbers and we looked at what she was doing, it was actually like 60-ish grams on average. And every once in a while, she'd have a really low day of like 40 or 30-some grams of protein. Then the next day, it'd be up to 120 because she'd have like two protein shakes that day. Uh, So she was aware enough to know that when protein was really low, she could recognize that. But she would try to super compensate, but then go right back to the habit of only 40 to 60 kind of grams on a regular basis. So calories and protein, way too low and inconsistently, like just woof, all over the place, and but all the place low. <laughs> and then timing was off. She would run in a fasted state, which she did not say she, she, she did, uh, because she would have electrolyte water before she ran and a 100-calorie fat-based uh, running supplement before she would run. That is damn near fasting. <laughs> 100 calories and just electrolyte water. Uh, I mean, that's nothing. You know, that's throwing a penny down the well. Uh, so that's pretty much fasting. So whenever I initially asked her, I said, well, do you do, you know, do you eat before you run? She said, yes. 
And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. You know, like looking at her body type, looking at other things. I'm like, that just doesn't seem right. Like it looks like she doesn't eat before she runs. That's exactly what somebody looks like when they do that. So as I started to ask her, well, what do you eat? And she's like, well, I have fats before I run because since I do long distance, low intensity, fats are a better fuel source. And I was like, sure, okay. I said, well, how much? Like, what do you eat? And then we found out it was only 100 calories. So that's basically nothing. So she was running essentially in a fasted state, no protein, just, just the fats. She would graze throughout the day because she often didn't feel hungry after her runs. And then she'd eat a large meal at night with her spouse uh, whenever he got home from work. So the timing was way off. She was most active in the mornings, but she was eating most of her food at the end of the day. So she had shown me photos of back when she was in college. She was a cross-country runner as well in college. And she looked better. She looked more athletic. She had some muscle definition. And she's like, I don't understand why I don't still look that way. I'm doing what I used to do. And I said, well, you're not. (laughs) I said, let's look back through this. Let's think things through. And when she was running with the team, they would go out to eat right after the runs. They would all go to the dining hall right after the runs and have a big meal together. She's not doing that now. They would also do body weight training and plyometrics three to four times a week, and she's not doing that anymore. She's lifting weights, but she's not doing any plyometrics. She's not doing any body weight stuff. So her overall training volume is a lot lower. So I said, you're, you don't look the way you used to look because you're not doing what you used to do, but it doesn't mean that we can't get back there. You know, we can actually get better than that. Uh, So we needed to increase her calories and protein, improve the consistency of those numbers, and then better distribute her calories and protein throughout the day. We've been working now together for seven months. I looked back in her records. It took her about three months to get her calories and protein within range and be consistent to 10 out of 14 days. So every two weeks she would miss maybe two to four days, somewhere in there. So that's roughly one to two days a week. That was a huge improvement from where she was before. But it took about three months to get to that stage. And then we had four months of lifting weights, proper calories, proper protein, uh, you know, proper timing. And she actually looks better than she did in college. And that's what made her so excited and why she recommended me to her friend. So we've been doing great. When we look back at the question of whether running will cause muscle loss, the answer is no. If you manage it properly, running does not cause muscle loss. Now, there are examples where somebody runs long distances, say marathons or further, and they might experience a loss in muscle mass from when they very first ever started. Uh, the cases in that, in that situation would be is we are training for strength to maintain strength of the muscles, maintain strength of the connective tissues and the joints, but we're not actually eating in enough of a surplus, we're not training with enough volume to try to promote new muscle growth. Because their volume of running is the true goal and they just need enough weight training, enough muscle to make that happen. So when you get into long distance, like super long distance, like I've trained people who ran 100 mile races and like 24 hour races and all these other crazy things, in that case, they're not trying to keep muscle mass. They want enough to be healthy, but that, that's not even their concern of how much muscle mass they have. They want, like, am I healthy? I go, yeah. And they go, okay, great. <laughs> that's it. So if we're running at marathons or less, then running will not cause muscle loss. 
And you can actually still maintain a really good amount of muscle, like above normal amount of muscle, and have a nice athletic look. Especially if you're running, say, you know, three miles at a clip or three to four miles at a clip, you're, you're not going to get into distances that would, would prohibit muscle development. So I have clients, uh, a couple clients who do uh, powerlifting and marathons. And they look great. They have a very athletic build, uh, and we're able to blend in, you know, strength training, bodybuilding type effectiveness, uh, muscle growth effective to their strength lifting, and then also runs up to the distance of a marathon. So you can absolutely do it. What does it require? It requires adequate adequate calories and protein, adequate distribution, kind of like timing of the calories and protein throughout the day, and then you need to have a muscle repair and growth stimulus which means you need to need to weight train. <laughs> you need to lift some weights. And that will promote the need for the body to replace any muscle that is damaged from running. And then if you lift and eat appropriately for muscle growth, you can actually achieve that and develop new muscle tissue. So you can actually end up with more muscle than when you started. So you absolutely can run and maintain muscle mass and or even build muscle mass. Assuming your calories and protein are right, you distribute them properly throughout the day, and you weight train. To find out the right calories, protein, and timing for you, you can go to our website, www.brutalirongym.com. Go to the free nutrition education page. The very first document on that page is titled Create Your Own Nutrition Program. On that document, you will learn where your calories, protein, and how to distribute those uh, would be best and personalized for you. So definitely check that out. In general, your calories should be somewhere around body weight times 13 to 15. If you are running, weight training, and you're a relatively active person, um, that's probably going to get you somewhere in the ballpark, and then you'd modify and change from there. Protein, I would say at least 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. Uh, You can play with that a little bit above that if you want, up to like 1 gram per pound of body weight. But 0.8 is a good kind of like, you know, like minimum average target. And that'll get you started. That'll get you to the ballpark. Uh, Distribution, as much as you can, try to even it out throughout the day. I tell clients to think of their day, the awake part of their day, and break it into three sections. Typically, we're awake 16 to 18 hours a day. So think of your day as, you know, three six-hour sections. In the first six hours, eat a third of your calories of protein. In the second six hours, eat a third of your calories of protein. In the final six hours, eat a third of your calories and protein. If you distribute it out and time it out like that, and you have the right calories and right protein, you're going to look freaking great. You're going to be very happy. As for weight training, you can listen to podcast 1,295. That is you know, quite a few podcasts to go. If your podcast player doesn't go back that far, you can go to our website. Again, it's www.brutalirongym.com. You can scroll down on the homepage. There's a podcast player that we have. It only goes back 300 episodes, but underneath it are instructions on how to find older podcasts. So you want to go back and listen to podcast 1,295. It was a Q&A podcast titled Mixing Strength and Strength Endurance for Weak Endurance-Based Athletes. I am not calling you weak, (laughs) but that podcast has really good information on how to structure your weight training. Typically, you're going to want to aim for full body workouts twice a week. Doesn't mean you have to be crazy sore. You can just do it to where it's, you know, stimulating muscle repair and growth. Uh, But two two times a week, full body. Uh, We want to start with some kind of movement preparation circuit where you kind of work on range of motion and mobility and strength in the shoulders, core, and hips. And that podcast will explain more about that for you, podcast 1295. 
And then we want strength movements for the day. We're going to do some type of lower body movement. We'll alternate between a squatting-based movement and a hinge-based movement. So something where the torso stays relatively upright and you bend your knees a lot. Think of lunges, step-ups, things like that. And then a hinge is something where you bend at the hips. So your torso is changing the angle throughout the movement, which would be deadlifts, stiff leg deadlifts, Romanian deadlifts, and there's a lot of variations. But you would alternate back and forth between those. So if you have two workouts per week, one workout per week, you're going to focus on squat-based movements. The other workout per week, you're going to focus on hinge-based movements. Then an upper body, you want to pair with the lower body movement. One day a week, you're going to do pushing movements. One day a week, you're going to do pulling movements. So you're going to focus those together. And then typically we end with some kind of full body circuit, which is two or three exercises, sometimes four. And it targets the whole body across all the movements. And you look for three to five sets of somewhere between 20 to 60 seconds of time and attention. We'll do carries, overhead presses, core work, maybe additional um, lower body, upper body movements, but unilateral rather than bilateral to work on, uh, you know, imbalances from side to side. There's a lot of variations to it. But podcast 1,295 will kind of talk you through that. But that's essentially the answer is, does running cause muscle loss? No. Assuming (laughs) your calories and protein and distribution are correct and you are weight training, so you produce a stimulus for the body to actually maintain muscle mass, if not actually build new muscle mass. Okay. Hopefully that was helpful. If you have any questions, you can always go to our website. Again, www.brutalengym.com. I don't think you're going to forget that now because I think I said it three times. <laughs> but you can go to the website. There's tons of free information on there. You can also go to the one-on-one services page. And on there, you can see what services we offer if you want some help putting this all together. Or you can just shoot me a message at the bottom of that page and just let me know what you're struggling with and I'll try to help you. If you need anything, you can always, always, always reach me on the website. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. Also, if you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Gym. As always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.